Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm ready! Alrighty then. What is up, my millennial fam? My name is Giacomo Thalay, and welcome to Millennial Nostalgia on the Believe Podcast Network. This is our first full episode, so I just really, really, really want to thank all of you for tuning in. And I know everyone at the Believe Podcast Network is very grateful as well. This show airs on Thursdays. I'm hoping that that makes every Thursday a sort of hashtag throwback Thursday for you. And if you're not tuning in on Thursdays, what the days of the week are just human constructs right so any day could theoretically be throwback thursday for you don't let corporate america tell you otherwise anyway i'm just gonna jump right back into it with one topic that is truly truly kind of close to me and i know it's not gonna be the only time that we talk about it on this show um but i thought it was only fitting to start the series on nostalgia with one of the most iconic nostalgic icons um, who's still around today. And I think I think we all know who, who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, of course, I'm talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, I could have chosen any other Nicktoon. I identified with Tommy Pickles as a baby. Love that guy. Uh, Doug, he was such a creative, um, and he wasn't too good with the ladies. Lord knows I could have identified with that. I really did. Um, and Ren and Stimpy, those guys are WTF icons. They are the masterclass in what the hell am I watching? So originally, this first episode was going to be just an introduction to those first three pinnacle shows on Nickelodeon, uh, Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy. But as I was doing my homework, I was uh, looking up in my room and I see something that I found at the Goodwill. It's an old lamp that has pictures of SpongeBob on it. And I turn to my right and I see another item that I got at Goodwill. By the way, don't sleep on Goodwill. They have some of the coolest stuff you will find. Case in point, you know those old vintage TVs? that were like shaped like your favorite characters. Like they had a Shrek one. And I think in like newer years, they had one that was like Lightning McQueen from the Cars movies. At my local Goodwill people, I found one in the shape of SpongeBob's face. And it's probably one of my favorite artifacts that I've found from the 90s and early 2000s. This is going to be a family heirloom, I swear. Bottom line is, I want to start this program off talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. This is pretty much, at this point in time, Nickelodeon's Mickey Mouse. Um, And I know, especially the first three seasons and first movie, which is really what I'm going to focus on. I haven't watched much beyond that, to be honest with you. But really, that's the ones that get all the memes. Those are the ones that have all the references. Fun fact about your host, this weekend's actually the one-year anniversary of me and my girlfriend, and we met over a SpongeBob reference. Like, that is how deeply ingrained the yellow square is deeply rooted in our culture. There are so many classic, iconic moments from this show. Now, before I even talk about the show itself, one of my earliest memories of SpongeBob was actually back in kindergarten. 
And maybe some of you who were born in 93 can attest to this if you were watching Nickelodeon as religiously as I did. Every year, they would have the Kids' Choice Awards hosted by Rosie O'Donnell. Do you remember when Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell was a children's icon. She was up there with Big Bird, Barney, Elmo, and then Rosie O'Donnell. That is That baffles me. No disrespect to Rosie O'Donnell. America was different. Anyway, in 1999, right after the Kids' Choice Award, they were uh, airing a pilot for a new Nicktoon that was gonna start airing on the network later that year. And that show was Spongebob. And personally, as a five-year-old, the commercials, they didn't appeal to me. They were like really creepy. They had a weird song that went with it that wasn't the theme song. It sounded worse. Let me see if I can find that real quick. SpongeBob SquarePants, he's unique. His head clean spills. SpongeBob SquarePants, big sneak peek. Right after Kids' Choice. His show's a real hoot. He lives in a fruit. SpongeBob SquarePants, big sneak peek. Right after Kids' Choice. That was literal garbage. Even as a five-year-old, as five-year-old me, did not want to watch that. I was like very quick to almost change the channel when it aired, but then something happened. I kept watching, and then I heard this. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! And my five-year-old mind was intrigued. It was like they had my curiosity, but now they had my attention. And I kept watching and I was just totally invested almost right away because up to that point, there was really no other show like this. A childlike entity under the sea, just living his best life and trying not to let the world get him down. I think even as a five-year-old, that sinks in. And I really think that's the key to why SpongeBob has been so successful over these years. Yeah, I kept watching. It was the episode where he first gets his job at the Krusty Krab. I loved it. Um, that little Tiny Tim song that comes in. Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. Gets me every freaking time, man. And just seeing the dynamics that he has with his friend Patrick. He meets Sandy later on in the episode. There's actually this cool little vignette in the middle, you probably remember, where it's just SpongeBob messing around with a reef blower. And it's like a five-minute short, has no dialogue, and it really showed that this show was different. This is original. This is great. Um... So yeah, there was this long hiatus before the second episode aired. They usually did that when the Kids' Choice Awards would air a pilot. A couple months later, the show would actually roll out. Yeah, I couldn't wait to see what the next episode was. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Ripped Pants, which is an iconic episode. To, to bust out of the gate with something that's still referenced to this day, that's almost unheard of. How many other shows that you enjoy... Um, you can really just quote the pilot and quote the early episodes. Um, there's only a handful that I can really think of. Um, the Office comes to mind. Um, but most other shows that are deemed classics now, like Friends, Seinfeld, um, even other cartoons like Steven Universe that are absolutely phenomenal, those early episodes usually are a little rough to get through. But that wasn't the case with SpongeBob. It knew what it wanted to be 
right out the gate, and it was unashamed to do it. The first one that just caught my eye is the pizza delivery episode from season one. Now, this is SpongeBob and Squidward at their peak. This is when, yes, there were episodes before that alluded to their kind of like Abbott and Costello-ish relationship. But this is the one that really cemented it. This is where we got to just spend time with the two of them alone. And it just bred for so much great comedy. The crab pizza is the pizza absolutely. Rusty crab, seen tons of memes that say that like people our age now millennials identify with squidward now whereas kids we identified with spongebob i like to think that we should all just no matter what age strive to be spongebob he makes the best out of the worst situation case in point they are pretty much in the middle of nowhere they're lost and there's no hope for any way to survive SpongeBob sees a freaking rock. It's a rock! A rock! A rock! And decides, you know what? I'm gonna use this to save our lives. And guess what, people? He did. It's that kind of thinking that is, it's so, you know, at first glance, juvenile and cartoony when you see it on the screen. But apply that to our own lives, and you can take any rock that's in your life, flip it around and save your life with it. And I'm really happy that that sort of thinking and that sort of message is present in these kinds of cartoons even way back in 1999. We're getting a lot of it now, um, again, with Steven Universe and even more adult programming like BoJack Horseman. But SpongeBob did it on such a basic level to the point that where you probably didn't even realize that until I just said it. I didn't realize it until I just said it. But now that we know, it sticks. And yes, even though SpongeBob didn't exactly succeed at the end of the episode. How am I supposed to eat this pizza without my drink? That part still, still makes me mad. It was just the fact that he persisted and that he fought and that he pushed on. Um, I think that that is powerful because we're not always gonna succeed. But the fact that we have the power within ourselves to push forward, to get on that boulder and ride it just like the pioneers did, no matter what the outcome is, now that is a message that's really worth hanging on to. I know this is millennial nostalgia, not millennial psychology, but it's hard to ignore stuff like that. And SpongeBob had so many moments like that, so many messages that were just disguised under this image of just fun cartoony nonsense um there was so much controversy over these kinds of shows back in the day saying that there was no educational content compared to stuff like sesame street but if you're just looking at the abc's and one two threes of course it's easy to see that if you dig a little deeper you might find something just as if not more so beneficial for you and your kids all right, enough with the deep, heartfelt stuff. SpongeBob really had some bops, too. Like, do you remember the music on this show? How many songs that you could probably catch yourself singing to this day, just under your breath randomly? Um, here's a few. <laughs> <laughs> 
sing for our graduation slash promotion to high school i went to a private catholic school they did things differently so we had to sing at our ceremony i picked the fun song from spongebob f is for friends who do stuff together u is for you and me try it n is for anywhere at any time at all down here in the deep blue sea i thought that would be a great way to you know cap off the ceremonies and guess what? We did. Um, I wonder if I still have footage of that. My dad recorded literally everything in my childhood. If I can find it for a future show, I will. That memory just came back to me now. Wow. Um, so SpongeBob music has been a thing even before it was the thing, you know, with, the again, the meme culture of SpongeBob coming out. Um, a lot of these songs have resurfaced in online videos. There was that whole campaign um, after the passing of SpongeBob creator Steven Hillenburg to have Sweet Victory, the song from the Bubble Bowl episode, Band Geeks, play at the actual Super Bowl. And they almost did it. Like, the entire online SpongeBob community was pissed, myself included. Like, why? Wh who brings out Squidward to introduce Travis Scott? It makes no sense anyway. Fun fact about that song, though, um, it was actually not written for the show specifically. Now, on TV shows, not all of them have a full orchestra that's scoring each and every episode. Some of them are given a catalog online of music to choose from from the studio called production music. Now you'd be hard-pressed not to think of that song whenever you're at a big sporting event. And it started off just as some simple production music that probably somebody on the crew found and thought it'd be funny to write into an episode. And, you know, the rest is history. My personal favorite, like, top three SpongeBob episodes are from those seasons, um, in no particular order. Band Geeks, Chocolate with Nuts, and Krusty Krab Training Video. Those three I could watch on any day of the week, and they will just crack me up. I will laugh as hard and as long as the first time I did when I saw it when I was a kid. Like the chocolate episode. It took a word that was already in our vocabulary, chocolate. And now I, I dare you to say that word without thinking, They're selling chocolate! They're selling chocolate! Yeah! Or, Chocolate! 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 Now I think it's safe to assume that all of you who grew up with this episode has heard that in your head at least once in your life while shopping for chocolate. I know I hear it every time I go shopping for chocolate. In a time where SpongeBob let kids choose the ending 
I don't know if you remember, I think it was called uh, SpongeBob You Wish. There's a brand new SpongeBob show called You Wish with no ending, and it's up to you little landlubbers to fix it. You'll get your chance to either call in or log on to Nick.com and choose the ending that'll live on as long as the six seas. Or is it eight? And it was the Shanghai episode where uh, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward uh, get abducted by the Flying Dutchman and they have to wish their way off the ship at the end of the episode. But when it first aired, there were like bookends with Patchy the Pirate, and he would give you a phone number to call, and you could say, do you want to vote for Patrick's wish, Squidward's wish, or SpongeBob's wish? I remember being next to my phone that entire episode, calling in, keep getting the busy signal, and then eventually I did break through. I got through, and it said, Arg, thank you for voting for SpongeBob's wish. I don't know what kind of pirate accent that was. I'm sorry. And then I ran back to the TV and saw it happen before my eyes. And I, I think that was my first, like, solid introduction to the concept of democracy. Um, if it wasn't for the SpongeBob You Wish episode, maybe I wouldn't register to vote. I'm joking. Bottom line, that episode was awesome. The final memory that I'll bring up today was in 2004, the release of the first SpongeBob SquarePants movie. This was like my Avengers Endgame at the time. I was so pumped for this. I remember specifically tuning in. I was such a movie nerd as a kid. We had Showtime and they showed this like behind the scenes special of the movie hosted by David Hasselhoff. And I was so excited, even just for that, just to get a taste of what the movie was going to be like. And this was a time where there were a lot of these TV to movies coming out. There had already been like two Rugrats movies at the time. Um, there was a Hey Arnold movie, Doug, Recess, uh, the list goes on. And I got excited for a lot of those. A lot of those were based on some of my favorite shows, but none like Spongebob. This was the one that like, if I could have gone to a midnight screening at the time, I would have. So I remember the Friday afternoon that it came out. Um, I was waiting in school, just so anxious to get out. So my mom was going to take me and my best friend Ramon to go see the SpongeBob SquarePants movie at the Cinema Star Theater. It was raining. I remember this specifically. This is like, if you've ever seen Inside Out, where they have the little orbs that are the core memories, the ones that will stick with you forever. The release day of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, to me, is a core memory. We walk into the cinema, and I feel like we're the only kids in there. There were just so many just high school and college kids, full-grown adults, um, watching the SpongeBob movie. And even as a child back then, I realized that this show was so special that it was drawing in all ages. Like, it wasn't just a kid's show. There were adults enjoying it as well. And as an adult now, even if you were to take away that nostalgic factor if i was 27 years old and the first three seasons of spongebob was the first i've ever seen a spongebob i would still still feel the same way that i do but i'm glad that i grew up with it because i've had more time with it um the movie was that pinnacle it was like if i'm not mistaken was intended to be the series finale steven hillenberg decided not to pursue past season three and wrote this and put this together as 
an end to the series. Nickelodeon didn't want any of that, and that's why in season four forward, Steven Hillenburg's no longer there. That's when the decline in quality that a lot of people notice start to arise. But I just remember sitting in that cinema seat and just having SpongeBob on the big screen in this big adventure. Um, it felt epic. Like, I love going to the movies. That's one thing about me. I am a cinema fanatic. And to see two of my favorite things, uh, film and SpongeBob, come together, it was magic in that theater. I know that sounds ridiculous to some, that, you know, cinephiles will reminisce on the days of yore, seeing Lawrence of Arabia in 70 millimeter projected on the Cinerama Dome in L.A. and how majestic that must have been to see that for the first time. That's awesome, too, but I like SpongeBob, and that was my Lawrence of Arabia, and I was completely content with how it ended. If that was the end of SpongeBob as we know it, I think, I mean, really, how many of the newer episodes past season four can you really quote? There's a handful. Um, but those first three seasons in the movie... That is what I remember. That is SpongeBob to me. That is SpongeBob to probably a lot of you. And I really do hope that with these new episodes um, that they try to come back to form. I saw one not too long ago um, about the My Leg Guy. And that one wasn't too bad. It wasn't too shabby. But then I've seen some other ones that are downright disgusting and I don't like them. But yeah, like I said, this won't be the only time I'll be talking about SpongeBob on this show. I'll come back to it at some point. So thanks again for tuning in and listening to my favorite memories of SpongeBob. I'm sure a lot of you have your own, and they're all just as special as the last. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Millennial Nostalgia on Believe. If you like this episode, please keep tuning in. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in Google Play and Spotify. I'll be back again next week with another nostalgic topic. Thank you so much again for tuning in. It really means a lot to me. It means a lot to everyone at Believe. And I really hope that this show will help you, you know, take a little break from whatever you're going through in the present to, you know, fondly remember some days of your youth, some of the simpler times, some memories that you may have forgotten, um, but that are worth remembering. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.